This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. We're also here with Chris Bruno and Tracy Johnson. If you are new to Marriage Therapy Radio because of Chris and Tracy's work, welcome. Thank you for listening. Go ahead and check out our other episodes. We've got a ton, and we would love to know what you think. If you're not new to Marriage Therapy Radio, um, I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. Chris and Tracy have a really uh, neat platform for helping couples, in particular, helping couples go deep. And we get to talk about that. I'm excited about their workshop, um, which they have coming up here pretty soon, although they may have sold it out. I know for sure I referred one of my clients to them. Maybe there's something uh, in their portfolio that would work for you. Um, It's not just for couples, it's also for individuals. A reminder too, that we have our workshop coming up, not to compete. They're very different in terms of what needs could be met. But if you're interested in learning more about the seven principles for making marriage work through the Gottman Method lens, Laura and I have our workshop coming up in October. She's got her weekly series, which I think is closing here pretty soon. You can learn more about that at Marriage Therapy Radio, and I would encourage you to go ahead and do that. In the meantime, this is a very cool conversation. Stick around. Before we get to what lights you up clinically, I want to know about what lights you guys up personally. And you're not, just so the listeners know, you guys are not married. You're not in the same state. (laughs) You're just colleagues, friends. Do you own each other as friends? (laughs) Yes. You go first. Yes. Yes, we we own each other as friends. Um, we are colleagues. We are family friends as well. Friends with yeah. Tracy and her husband Mark, and um, and then we're we're colleagues. We work together at Restory Counseling, and so we do uh, a ton of work together, both in the marriage space. We do intensives together. We teach together. Uh, so there's a, a we do a lot of work together, um, and we yeah. also we also like each other. Yeah. So that's helpful. Yeah, Laura and I we always say nice. that we're we're married but not to each other. And our dynamic is a little more yeah. brother sister. It's yeah, so a lot less like work wife, work husband. A lot my, more yeah. like yeah. work brother. I, that feels like yeah. a good description. Yeah, that's fair. Yes. Yeah. So I guess I'll ask you, Tracy. What lights you up personally? That's a great question. Um, I mean, my family lights me up personally, and I love to travel. So I love to go new places and see new things. And um, I would say I'm sort of a extroverted introvert so I can't say I love to meet new people <laughs> in that way why would you right? people are but awful I mean I you know I I do also enjoy encountering people but um I think those are those are some of the things that I've you know my face would go oh yes let's go like there's an opportunity mm-hmm. to go I'm I'm in how do we go when do we go that would be great mm-hmm I, I love travel, so I'm going to just throw a month out there, and I want to hear, where would you go in the month of May? In the month of May, I would probably go, um, I would go to Italy 
or I would, because Italy is always good. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I would go to Hawaii. I would go uh, to Turks and Caicos. Um, okay. So I would go big. to Germany. I would go to Germany for three days and that's what we just did. Like I I never left North America before this year and Laura and I went on tour in the the spring and we did Germany. We did Korea. Um, We were in Colorado. We were in Denver for a couple of days. um, But I, yeah, it's what travel is wild, man. It's like in terms of, I, I still can't quite get over how, how myopic uh, my life has been in terms of just like never sort of leaving mm-hmm. North America or, or America or Seattle forever. So yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm going to try and catch the travel it's, bug it's here. Before too long. Yeah. Yeah. You just have Tracy cough on you and you'll catch that bug you, real you fast. You will. You will. Yeah. You'll be gone. <laughs> Chris, how about you? What lights you up personally? Well, similarly, travel is something that Beth and I love to do. Um, I I just got back on Monday from a trip to Kenya where I was uh, leading a trip of fathers and their and their kids, older kids, uh, on an experience in Nairobi uh, with a ministry that we partner with there. So there's that. I also love I'm in Colorado. I mean, you can't live in Colorado and not love Mm -hmm. the outdoors. And so I love just being able to to get out and do things um, in the mountains. So any form of that. Um, interestingly, Zach and I were kind of talking about like a win, like something that we need that kind of stirs us professionally. And I'm guessing because you're still talking about it and, you know, sharing the word of what excites you professionally. So how do your stories come together Uh where you are doing exciting things professionally? Uh I'll let you go first this time, Tracy. They're so much nicer than we are to each other, (laughs) Zach. (laughs) You guys have manners. (laughs) Um, I mean, I, so I would say, I think that we, I think we enjoy the, the marriage space together. I think we have a lot of fun there and I think we enjoy, um, helping couples see something from a different perspective, realize something they didn't know, find each other in, in ways that they maybe even had given up and thought like, this is just lost. Um, so certainly in that space and, and then I think um, I think that we enjoy we we lead together some intensive group um, spaces. So we do one for women where it's all women, but Chris is there. We do one for men where it's all men, but I'm there. And I think that that is also a, a place where um, we get to do work that we in, individually love. But I think that um, I would say I love that space. I love how we are together in those spaces. And I think that we have a high level of enjoyment of one another's strengths and a high level of empathy and compassion for one another's weaknesses. And so it makes working together a lot of fun. Wow. I have such a follow-up question. If you're doing these intensive uh, spaces for groups um, is that something that you can do as an individual where you're not partnered and your partner is not going through another group? Yes. Like if, like I could come yes, without right. Rebecca is the question. Yeah. Is yes. that the question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what do I get? Like, um, I, I heard you talk about like, oh, we do couples spaces and we do, uh, we're, we're obviously more interested in the couple space. I have a little personal interest in individual work, uh, and how that works, but let's just Green. stick with the couples piece for a second. 
when you talk about we help them see something new or, or, or latch onto something they haven't done before, how do you do that? Like, what's the what's the path for people? And if we're getting if we're putting the cart before the horse, let us know because uh, I want you to talk about what you want to talk about. But I'm interested to know. Oh, that sounds amazing. But how do you do that? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> it's a secret it's sauce. A great question, Zach. So. <laughs> Much of the marriage space in in just the general world, and I think you guys are, are are not in that as much as the general world, but we aren't either because we want to help people go beyond the tips and techniques of you know uh, some of the typical kinds of things that you hear in the marriage space of of listening <laughs> and you know just I sentences I statements like those those are all great and good, but there's so much more behind the scenes. There are stories that are activated in a marriage that are not because of the marriage. They're not, they're not coming from the marriage. They're coming from a mm-hmm. deeper place that each of the, each of yep. the spouses brings into the marriage. And so the work that mm-hmm. we do is helping in the present by, by reflecting on the past and helping the couple reflect on the past and work through some of their stories of pain and trauma that they bring into the marriage that are affecting the marriage. And then in the midst of that, uh, growing a level of empathy and kindness and connection as a result of knowing the deeper stories. Uh, so, so that's the work that we like to do with couples. Um, yes, we help with the attunement and navigating some of those present issues, but really it is getting into um, what they bring into the relationship. And I would say, you know, I think oftentimes people who come in who have an awareness that they have trauma they tend to also have an understanding that whatever that is that's happened, that trauma that they're aware of, that's probably affecting them in the here and now. I think one of the times that we watch sort of like aha moments happen for couples are with people mm-hmm. who who maybe their story is, oh, you know, I had a pretty good childhood. It was pretty idyllic. And and so we begin to to sort of walk into that and ask them, you know, tell us more about that. Tell us about what was idyllic. And as they start to talk about it, we start to drift down a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper into what their actual felt experience was growing up with a kid. As a kid, maybe it, maybe it didn't um, tap on, you know, what they would think of as trauma, but they certainly mm-hmm. have had failures of love and failures of belonging, failures of connection that that have been really sort of um, not understood or or been dismissed. And as they start to realize, oh, wow, just some of those things have affected how I come into my relationship with my spouse. We watch, you know, aha, oh, wait, okay, that that's what's going on here. That's interesting. Mm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's always, that's always sort of fun yeah. when you watch that happen for somebody. I have a little bit of a request because I like to take these things that as Zach and I are nodding along going, <laughs> we see this, we work with this. We like to dig into the stories and understand what's showing up in the room that has a history and longevity in that person's mm-hmm. life. That's been with them for a really long time. Um, do you, can you tell a story or give an example of a real life thing that shows up between partners that might be uncovered as a result of digging a little bit deeper into the past? Mm. I know I'm putting you on the spot and obviously, 
you know, we are not yeah, here no, to... Please take some time to give their first and last name and where they're from and how long they've been married. Yeah. And like, I want you to go into mm-hmm. really specific yeah. detail. I, I, before you do that, I'll give you like, I'll just talk for a second while you're thinking, because I, uh, Laura, you're on fire with the questions today. Nice work. But um, the, the, I feel like what you guys are doing, like I'm already impatient and that's not about you. That's about, I think we live in a world that is mm. impatient. Like I want to be done. Like, and I, maybe I've been trained by TikTok to have my, all of my advice be in like 30 second yeah. little blips or something. But in terms of like inviting people to the patient part of this, maybe that's where like, I don't know what a story helped to uh, uh, explain a little bit of like what you're inviting couples to do and how it. that's effective for them. Oh, I think all of us are impatient, Zach. And I think what you're, the the reality is yeah. that healing is a process that takes time. And if we try to microwave mm-hmm. our relationships, we're going to all end up fried. And so it just, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. We, we, we have to take the time to actually get through some of these things. So yes, I'm 100% with you on the impatience level. And also like one little step when, when you see a couple take one little step or an individual take one little step that that might feel little in the moment, it is actually quite monumental because those little changes, you know, one degree shift in navigation can change the destination over the course of the journey. And so I feel like mm-hmm. that just is so helpful for us to go like, this is significant what you've just done, even if it feels like it's going to take a little bit to really unpack that and work on that. It actually brings a lot of hope. Um, so... Tracy, you have a story. I'm sitting here thinking through uh, all the stories that we have, and which would be kind of the best one to it, share. So I, I will I will offer a story. Okay. Um, so the the sort of the you know presenting issue is just the sense that the husband has of feeling like his wife his wife is just hurting him all the time. She doesn't seem to understand what it is that she's doing, but he, his felt experience is that he's, he is feeling hurt. He's feeling abandoned. He's feeling misunderstood. He's feeling sort of this chronic lack of connection with her. And, and she just doesn't understand. I mean, she, there, there, we can't seem to pinpoint like what, what exactly is going on here. So, as he starts to consider and unpack just a little bit more of what his childhood looked like, his childhood is is filled with encounters with mom and dad that include sort of, you know, explosive moments of anger from dad and, and then dad just disappears, um, you know, in a rage. He's upset. He just walks out of the house, leaves them. Um, so, so that uh. repeats enough that he never really knows what he's going to get from dad. And there's a similar dynamic with mom. Mom comes to him and is, you know, in trying to comfort him about what dad just did, it becomes around how dad just does that to her too, right? And so this kid is not, and this husband is really not getting any kind of safe connection from his parents. So, you know, the aha moment for him is, is as he starts to realize that it's like, as a kid, these, these daggers are getting, you know, shoved into him in his dynamic at home. And, and, the me- and that's a metaphor that he uses to describe what he begins to realize is that his wife isn't hurting him. She's just brushing up against the daggers mm. that mm. have been there. And so, mm-hmm. yes, he's feeling hurt in his encounters with her, but what he realizes is she's not the source of the pain. 
right? Mm-hmm. The, the pain is in yeah. these things that have been stuck in there. And so every time she moves towards him, it, it, largely in sort of healthy ways, she's brushing up against his daggers and he's like, ouch. Uh-huh. So it, it, now we've just, we've reframed the whole possibility of what's going on because he begins to realize, uh-huh. like, wait, if I'm feeling hurt, maybe instead of just accusing and blaming my wife, I want to stop and go, what's going on for me? Right. Yeah. And and then and then gets to start thinking about what does it look like to start, you know, removing these daggers and actually getting care for the wounds that are there. And and that begins to become yeah. tactics. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have been doing a little bit more of this kind of work um, with clients and uh, sometimes I'll hear them say, why does everything have to do with the past? Why does it always yeah. go back to the past? And I was like, well, because. Everything goes back to the past. If you if you learned how to walk and you pronated, you walked on the outside of your feet, and then as an adult, you're like, oh, my right. ankles hurt all the time. That's because you learned how to walk. <laughs> you have to do physical therapy to get your feet flat on the ground, or even your accent. Your accent, like it's not a it's not a um, it's not a cop out or a or a you know a parachute to say, oh, it probably has to do with your past. Everything has to do with the past, you know. And so part of it, I think, is you're beginning to describe how to learn and then perhaps unlearn the, these these uh, behaviors or these these sort of responses adaptations that you have to this this experience that you had of your parents perhaps or even right. just your environment and you have to you have to step in just like Tracy was saying you have to you have to name what actually occurred in order for you to begin the process of feeling mm. it and if you don't if you don't name those things then you can't actually do the work to tend to the the wounded parts of your of your past in order for you to, to learn how to walk differently or to learn how to speak differently, you know, kind of in that relational language to learn how to do that differently, you have to go back and unlearn some of those things, just like you said, but you can't unlearn them if you don't know what they are. Huh? Right. So you called these intensive groups, I believe, or intensive work. And that word resonates so much with what you are asking for people to do. When, when they come to our office and they chose Gottman Method, which is what the two of us are certified in and is sort of our framework that we have been using for a long time, though we use other techniques, um, I think that there is uh, an ease that comes with it because it's tools, because it's tactics. <laughs> but if they came in and then we said, and this is what happens in my office, so get ready. Uh, where did that come from? <laughs> And I start to uncover and question, how long has this been with you? And tell me about your parents. And then they're like, wait, why are we talking about the history? This is now we're starting to rub up against something that's a little more intensive and a little less tactical, logical, more emotional. Seems like a lot of heavy lifting for folks. Are they ready and prepared to do that work when they come to you? Or do you find that people are kind of surprised like, wow, I did not expect that my relational stuff was going to get so deep into my stuff. Yeah, I, I would say that by and large, people, uh, I think through our, what's the word I would use, onboarding process or pre-work process, sure. or whatever, they have some sense that that is where we're going to go. And we're, you know, it, we're kind of known that that's what we do. So people do have yeah. a sense of that. I don't know that they have a sense of how deep or how intense. Yeah. Um, because we don't know where we're going to go often in the context of the of the narratives and the stories that they bring uh it's it's unfolding in in the journey as it occurs 
And uh, uh, at the same time, by and large, a lot of people just would like a Tylenol, but actually they have a brain tumor. And so we're going to need to, you know, yeah. they're, they're starting mm-hmm. with a headache and we're not going to give them a Tylenol. We're going to actually go in and try to try to work on what is the origin of the, of the problem here. Um, and it is intense. And mm-hmm. but, it, but you can give them a Tylenol too, right? Like you can help with the acute part of it that says, hey, mm-hmm. we're going to get this pain out of the way in order to to really get underneath the like I feel like the, I feel like they have to work of together. Course. Yeah. Yes. We have to we're not vicious in the process of, you know, slicing mm-hmm. someone's heart open yeah. and getting into their story. We want to be gentle and direct. So Yeah. And maybe with my own metaphor, it's like this that there that there's a there's a doctor who does prescribe acute care. And then there's the the doctor who does yeah. the long term, you know, uh What's it called? Oncology? Yeah. Is that what a cancer mm-hmm. doctor is? Yeah, and I think that I think so. sometimes there's relief for people. If you've if you've had a headache for five years and you you take Tylenol every day to survive and and you're showing up mm-hmm. saying, I've had this headache for five years, you don't actually need a Tylenol, right? Because you've tried that. You've right. been trying that and you're living off of that and it's not really producing yeah. any flourishing. And I, I would say, and maybe because because the the nature of, of where I focus my time is is really on sort of story work. I end up with people coming to see me because they've been in therapy for a really long time and nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're 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 looking for something different than that. They've been given tools, maybe they've been given techniques, they've been given enough Tylenol and they're like I'm wondering if there's something more yeah. going on here. Okay. Now, I mean, I, Zach, I just have all sorts of questions. So I appreciate you letting <laughs> yeah, me sort of dive into my natural curiosity. Two things come to mind. Number one is a room full of people diving into their own story, their own history, what's going on. How does the group dynamic support this process? What does that look like? And why do you do it specifically in a group? So I would say one of the things that is true about what happens in a group is that, you know, relational harm happens in relationship. So wounds happen in the context of relationship. And so they're healed in the context of relationship. One of the things that happens when you have a small group is that when you're just you're working with someone one on one, there's a, a less you see less of who they are right, as a whole person. When you begin to put somebody in a group, you get to see how they interact with others and how others interact with them. And one of the things that I would say is, you know, it takes maybe a day and a half or two days in a group intensive and people are starting to show up in the group the way they show up in their life. Mm. And that gives us the opportunity to really get curious And gives them the opportunity to also get curious because inevitably they're starting to feel with the other people in that room, things that they feel in relationship with people in their life. So that, that is a thing that happened in a group dynamic that I think is fantastic. I think the other thing that happens in a group dynamic is that you get the experience of going, Oh, me too. Like I'm not the only one. And oftentimes mm-hmm. what we will find happening is that people are realizing things about their own story as they're listening and watching us work 
yeah. but another person's story. And so it's like these <laughs> boxes are getting unlocked and dots are getting <laughs> connected in yeah. a communal experience, which can have the potential of dissipating some of the shame. Because you're feeling less isolated and less like this is just me and no one could possibly understand me, right? And so, I it's you can hear me. I get lit up. Like, this is what I love this mm-hmm. work. I would probably take group work any day of the week over working with an individual. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling you were going to say the second part, which is it is really helpful to hear, you know, to stand back and maybe not be ready to speak up, but and see you working with somebody else and go, oh, gosh, that just sort of opened up something for myself that I didn't even see happening. But you kind of blew me away. And it makes perfect sense that you're hurt in relationship. And so you heal in relationship. And we don't always have the person who did the hurting to heal with. And so we have to find these like chairs, right? Right. These stand-ins to be able to help heal those wounds. Right. And if you're not in relationship with a secure person, it's tough to right. heal. So why not do it in a group dynamic? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Yeah. And then in walks in Burning Man, a bunch of people trying to heal. Yeah. And and I think the beauty too of we do the couples intensive where there's you know six couples, twelve people. Right. We also do the the individual intensives, which is you could come to that, Zach, without your wife, you know, that kind of a thing. It's a, it's yeah. a men's intensive. But the men's intensive is with Tracy present and the women's intensive is with mm. me present so that there is the dynamic of a mm. safe, you know, for the women, a safe woman, a safe mother to be in the room and also a safe father and and to work in the dynamics of what that all looks like as we are yeah. engaging in the group space. Yeah. It's really, really powerful. Wow. Is there any sense that if the um, if I'm in the men's intensive, I have to have done the couples no. intensive, or I can only no, like not at all. Like they they just there's yep. separate yes. populations. They float. Yes. They float themselves. Yeah. yeah okay. Or, but you can. If I do the couples one, I can then go. Hey, I think I'm gonna oh, do this yeah. men's thing too. Like I could yeah. do that. If we I do to. have some frequent flyers yeah. who kind of like to come yeah. several different things with us and uh, yeah. individual intensives, group intensives, all that stuff. But okay. no, you don't. They're not related. You can do one or the other or both. Yeah. So where are these happening? And and I'm sure you have lots of other things going on, but boy, we just kind of dove right into this aspect of your work and got really curious really fast. But where are you doing these intensives? Are they, I mean, you're in two different locations in the United States. Yeah. Our headquarters is here in Fort Collins. And so uh, most of the intensives occur here in Colorado uh, and we host them uh, in various spaces around, but uh, it is here in Colorado. Uh, And then we are doing, you know, starting to do some things at other locations as well, but mostly they're here in Colorado. Um, And I've got, I mean, I've got a couple in my line right now. I'm like, you guys, this is, do you need to go visit with Chris and Tracy? So, but what's the cadence? Like, what's the rhythm? Is it can, is you once a month? Is it once a quarter, four times? I mean, how do you, uh, how do I point people in your direction? Uh, So both Tracy and I offer, intensives where I am one-on-one with someone or I am one-on-one with a couple. So we do offer Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. We each do one a month, generally about about one a month of those. And then the group intensives, Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, a men's intensive at the beginning of the year, a women's intensive at the end of the year, a couple's intensive in the fall. Um, And so we've got three of those, uh, looking at maybe having a couple more of those. But 
that's kind of the cadence of what that looks like for for when we do those. We have a couples intensive coming up in October and a women's uh, specifically for therapists happening in October or sorry in November. Uh, so for therapists listening, you know, if there's a place where you are specifically looking for care, which is really hard for mm. counselors to find care for themselves. Uh, this mm-hmm. intensive is in November here in Colorado uh, for female therapists. Oh, for did you know, say okay. that you have uh, that your intensive? There's like six. There's six couples in our marriage intensive. We do six couples, and so wow. So do you have room in October for we do some yep. new couples? Or, I think yeah. we've got one. Yeah, I think we have one slot left. What are you? Maybe. Slots? Oh, we have two. I'm we have pretty two sure slots. we're going to fill yeah. it. Great. Yeah, no, I'm going to call my people right okay. now and be like, you guys got to jump on this opportunity and see yep. if it's available still. Yeah. But, um, but we, um, you know, this episode come out in the middle of August. Yeah. So uh, if there's still spots available, how do people find you? Like, what's the, where do we point them? How do we tell them to go check yeah. out? Yeah, so go to restory.life. So R-E-S-T-O-R-Y dot life. Uh, and you can find I us there. It. There would be a link for our intensives and the, all the individual intensives and group intensives are there. So I have a follow up question. What do I do after I come to an intensive? There has Great to question. be some follow up work. Yeah. So what's the, what does that look like for folks? Yeah, we, we, um, we, we tend to end up with two, two different types of people who find us. So we have people that find us um, because they're working with um, they've either done story work inside our practice, or maybe they've done therapy inside the practice. Sometimes it's, I end up with a client of my own that decides to do an intensive. So those folks are getting followed up by somebody inside our practice. We also though, end up with people who find us from outside. And if they don't have a therapist, generally we, we recommend that that's something that they plan for on the backside. So, we will either connect them with somebody who's got availability inside our practice or we encourage them to find um, somebody else that's going to be able to do that. Anytime Chris and I offer an intensive, it comes with a, a session or two on the front end and a session or mm-hmm. two on the back end that you get with us. Mm-hmm. But you're exactly right, Laura. There's always, there's long-term um, work that doing mm-hmm. an intensive can be a great thing to do if you're stuck you know, and you feel like you're, you just want to get some movement in a quicker period of time, but then there is sort of the walking out of that work on the back end. And that's best done, you know, by continuing to be in relationship with somebody who's offering you care for another six months, eight months, 12 months. Awesome. Um, And who, who's the ideal client? Like who's the ideal couple or ideal individual? Like what differentiates them from the man on the street or the woman on the street? That's a great question. Yeah. So I would say the ideal client is somebody who has a sense that something in their life is, I love Tracy's word from earlier, that is not flourishing. There's something that is happening that they recognize it's not going well. And then also they probably have tried a few things already. They've tried to read some books. They've tried to see a marriage therapist. They've tried to you know, go to the marriage conference, they've, th- those things. And, and there might be a little bit of a, of a blip of goodness that they have. There might be a little bit of movement, but really at the end of the day, they don't kind of have those breakthroughs or those moments that really are shifting in their relationship. And so, uh, the, someone like that is going to be just a great candidate for like, Hey, I w- really want to jump in. And especially 
if you can work with somebody who has uh, comes from the same kind of mindset model posture that we do on the front end or the back end, it's really going to give that person uh, uh, right. a, like a full full kind of suite of care uh, to make the the shift that they're looking for. Um, someone who is not willing to acknowledge that they have a story, someone who is uh, probably in deep crisis is also not a good candidate for an intensive because the intensive is really kind of working through uh, some relational dynamics. It's not coming in in the moment of like, hey, we are in the moment of like, this is our last ditch effort and we're going to, you know, the the papers are papers are signed and ready to go, but we're going to hope that you can like wave the magic wand to make it change. That is not going to be the place for an intensive client either. So it's such a catch 22, these things, because people don't start looking for like marriage intervention until they're in crisis, Yeah, you know? And so it's, it's like, how do you get ahead of the curve a little bit? Um, So I'm, I'm definitely advocating a lot more for being proactive. Laura knows this, of course, but I just, Rebecca and I just did this summer, a workshop, a two day workshop of our own that was kind of uh, separate from it was actually completely separate from work that we're familiar with. And it was so deeply good just to spend two days kind of doing something that was focused on the relationship. Um, and I don't mind pitching on our behalf. Um, if yours fills up and yours, yours is a different clientele than ours, but we have a, a workshop in October as well that, that I'm just like right now, like do yes. something, right. do yes. anything, yes. do it before you get yes. into crisis. So if there's not, if you're, if you're wanting to do Chris and Tracy's go for it, amen. I, I, although I'm hoping that I can poach one of my clients to get in there first. <laughs> just don't um, get there before. Well, we know, we know about it two weeks in advance. Before <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So. Thank you. <laughs> um, but you know, we have this Scottman workshop in Definitely. October that um, I think, again, if you're looking for tools and tactics, it's a great way to do that without yeah. getting into crisis first. Um, I did want to ask though, Chris. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I wanted to ask you one more question because, um, as I mentioned, Chris and I went to school together. We went to seminary together. Do your clients, do they need to have some sort of faith orientation or is that part mm-hmm. of the, the gig or is it not, uh, you know, can I come and, and not have that, you know? I, I would say no, they do not need to have that orientation. Both Tracy and I have a theological and psychological posture and understanding of things. And we do bring mm-hmm. that into the space but we are very uh, aware of whoever is coming in and where we're coming from yeah. uh, and what we, we, we work with what, where the person is for sure. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I also have a question because uh, I mean, you gave me the website and if I'm ready to hit like order, 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 uh, I, I wanted to be on the website immediately, but <clears throat> apparently you were pitching to us and now we're sold. But help me understand the umbrella or how you guys work into Restory because you gave me Restory.life. I went there and now I see there's a big team. It's not just the two of you. So what is, I I don't understand the organizational structure. I know you do these intensives, but what else is happening here? Uh, There's a lot. There's a lot happening here. So we we have a, a beautifully like professional and diverse team we have a local team mm. here in Fort Collins who sees people individually, personally, face-to-face in our headquarter offices. But then we also have a team that is a virtual team, a story work team, and they're all across the country and they work with people mm. virtually. Um, and so the the beauty of what we get to do is we get to shepherd, uh, Tracy is the story work supervisor and then there is a clinical supervisor who oversees uh, both of those teams 
And so we get to we get to work in this collaborative space where uh, there are spiritual directors, there are story work counselors, there's therapists, uh, there are people who do you know more in the realm of coaching. Like there's there there's a whole side of like we get to work interdepartmentally, if you will, or across you know across the team of what works best yeah. for that person. And there will be seasons where someone will work with a spiritual director and then they need to dive further in to do an intensive and then they'll come out and they'll do some work with a story work coach. And like, so there's this sense of holistic, holistic uh, work that we do um, in the individual basis. And then mm. we also have a whole bunch of things online. Uh, one of the things that Tracy and I, uh, and then my wife also, we started in 2020 when the world was kind of shutting down and we were recognizing that uh, there are marriages in crisis and there are marriages who need help. And we're not, we don't have access to that anymore because of COVID. <laughs> we started something called the Thrive Marriage Lab. And this is uh, an online uh, marriage community, a cohort that we lead through a 12, you know, 12 module, 12 month journey uh, where we teach uh, online. We have a uh, connection online. We um, are actually leading a Thrive Marriage Workshop next weekend in New York uh, around the marriage uh, relationship. And we've divided that out into this uh these modules where we lead a client through, we lead a couple through the journey of healing, of awareness and becoming more attuned to one another and their stories and understanding that past and the present and the future, all within the context of uh, wherever they live. Uh, so it's kind of the... the well, that's cool. So if I can't make an intensive, that's mm -hmm. an alternative yeah. for me, mm -hmm. for sure. And and uh, we st it is a it is a cohort, so we do them. We only open the doors for that once a year, uh, and that's usually in the spring. And so that next opening will happen in March of twenty four. Uh, but if people want to start kind of getting connect with us, we've got uh, we've developed some uh, Thrive Marriage dates that we uh, like a twelve months worth of intentional dates that people can uh, kind of there sign up go. for and get from us and become a little bit more familiar with the work that we're doing. Um, and then they will start to hear more about when the opening happens. And those are free. So those 12 dates, that's a free resource that we're just offering to people because we believe in the importance of marriage and that mm. dating can be such a critical thing to building more belonging in your marriage. So we'll make sure you guys have the link for that. But for anybody that's listening that just you know, wants a taste of who we are, that's a free resource that we have out right now. I don't know what's going on with me, but I'm going to pay attention to it and I'm going to name it. But I have butterflies in my stomach. I'm just mm -hmm. like very excited for the work that you guys are wow. doing. And it feels very wraparound. It for feels very approachable, but it also I don't know why I'm having this feeling, but it just kind of feels like I'm glad that we had you on. Girl. I'm glad that our listeners are listening to this episode. And I'm just hoping that they go to the webpage because I've been, I mean, I got a little ADD and I'm like looking at the webpage. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. That's so neat. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Hey, so um, <laughs> yay. I'm really impressed with the work Thanks. that you have done. I love that it also is not just in Fort Collins, but it's also nationwide. Excuse me, nationwide. So that is really mm -hmm. neat. Thank, yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's land this plane. Uh, and thank you. Thank you yeah. so much, you guys, for joining us Thank and you letting guys. us know about your resources. Yeah. What a it's delight to meet you. you both. Really fun. Thank Love you. What you're doing. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. That was just such a joy. Um, 
you guys know me. I don't get too too excited or too uh, lovey-dovey. I don't know. But something, something took over where I just feel like this is going to be such an amazing fit and resource for many of you. Please check it out. It's restory.life. And um, there's several workshops that are coming up and intensives. Their website is just chock full of resources, but I want to make sure to have you go to the free resource that they have available. So it's restory.life and then it's forward slash thrive dash dates. And this is the free resource for you for 12 dates for the year. Uh, Thank you so much for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Yesterday.